Hello everyone, thanks for stopping by. In today's episode, we talk about finance, how to get started on your financial freedom journey, and then we get into all the weird stuff, chemtrails, forest fires, um, how your subconscious mind will impact your workouts, and some New Year's predictions. But first, here's Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Nothing magic. We like to put a lot of money in things that, uh, that we feel strongly about. And that gets back to the diversification question. Uh, you know, we, we think diversification, is, as practiced generally, makes very little sense for anyone that knows what they're doing. Uh, they, diversification is a protection against ignorance. I mean, if you want to make sure that nothing bad happens to you relative to the market, you own everything. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that is a perfectly sound approach for somebody who, who does not feel they know how to analyze businesses. If you know how to analyze businesses and value businesses, it's crazy to own 50 stocks or 40 stocks or 30 stocks probably, uh, because there aren't that many wonderful businesses at, that are understandable to a single human being in all likelihood. and it, and to have some super wonderful business and then put money in number 30 or 35 on your list of attractiveness and, and forego putting more money into number one just strikes Charlie and me as, as, as madness. And it, it, it's conventional practice and it, it, it may, uh, you know, if all you have to achieve is, is average, uh, it it's, uh, it it's, uh, may preserve your job, but it, it's a confession in our view that you don't really understand the businesses that you own. Um, you know, I base, I mean, as on a personal portfolio basis, you know, I own one stock, you know, it, but it's a business I know, it, and, and it leaves me very comfortable. Uh, so, you know, do I, do I need to own 28 stocks in order to, you know, have proper diversification, you know, and, uh, be nonsense. And within Berkshire, I could pick out three of our businesses, and I would, I would be very happy if they were the only businesses we owned and I had all my money in Berkshire. Now, I love it, the fact that we can find more than that and that we keep adding to it. But three wonderful businesses is, is, more, than, uh, is more than you need in this life to do very well. And uh, uh, the, average, the average person isn't going to run into that. I mean, if you look at how the fortunes were built in this country, uh, they weren't built out of a portfolio of 50 companies. They were they were built by someone who, who uh, identified with a with a wonderful business. Coca-Cola is a great example. A lot of fortunes have been built on that. And there aren't 50 Coca-Colas. You know, there aren't 20. If there were, it'd be fine. We could all go out and diversify like crazy among that group and and get results that would be equal to owning the really wonderful one. But you're not going to find it. And uh, and the truth is you don't need it. I mean, if you, if you have a really wonderful business is very well protected against, against the vicissitudes of the economy over time and, and, and the competition. I mean, you know, we're talking about businesses that are resistant to effective competition. And three of those will be better than 100 average businesses. At, uh, uh, and, and they'll be safer, incidentally. I mean, they, there is less risk in owning three easy-to-identify wonderful businesses than there is in owning 50 um, well-known big businesses. And uh, uh, it's amazing what has been taught over the years in finance classes about that. But uh, uh, I can assure you that, that uh, I would rather pick 
if, if I had to bet the next 30 years on the fortunes of, uh, of my family that would be dependent upon the income from a given group of businesses, I would rather pick three businesses from those we own than own a diversified group of 50. Charlie? Yeah, what he's saying is that much of what is taught in modern corporate finance courses is twaddle. Hello world and welcome to episode three of Everybody Knows. You were just listening to the goats of the value investing world. I don't know if that world still exists. You got Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger there talking to you about diversification and how it doesn't make any sense if you know what you're doing. And I completely agree with this. There are certain um, asset classes that you can diversify in. But when we're talking stocks, specifically just businesses, it makes very little sense, I think, to invest in what you would consider the 23rd best business in America when number one and two are sitting there. You know, you can put more money in those as well. <laughs> so it comes down to you. You're, you know, it's a protection against your own ignorance. And uh, well, today, my man, Johnny Melrose and I, we're going to talk about how we uh, started our financial freedom t uh, journeys. And we're going to try to just go over how we did it, uh, plan, so you can figure this out and, and get started for the new year. Johnny, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, Dave. Yeah, it's uh, 2022 now. We made it. We made it through 2021, which is, uh, you know, you never really know what's going to happen these days. So I'm really happy, uh, you know, to start off the new year and doing an episode here on January 2nd. Um, uh, we could start the year strong. And yeah, uh, talking about finance, I can't think of... Um, better topics than, you know, who doesn't want to make some more money this year. And, uh, you know, it's more about, it's not even just about making money. It's about, Hey, who wants to actually keep more of it? You know? And I think that'll be some, there'll be some really good topics uh, for us to kind of dig into today. And, um, yeah, diversification, what the heck does that even mean? Um, I know me and you, <laughs> me and you both have, um, taken some different strategies than maybe most people, maybe a little more contrarian and, um, to get and achieve some of our results. And maybe uh, maybe a good place to start is uh, why would anyone want to pay attention to this? Um, I mean, I mean, it's a new year and everyone wants to make more money, obviously. But why would anyone want to pay attention to their finances? What do you think? <laughs> well, because uh, if you don't, you'll end up like the rest of society uh, with a negative net worth before you retire, still negative net worth, most likely. Um, and this isn't a very difficult thing to understand. I think the, um, the common, I guess, uh, story of all this finance, it sounds way over your head and you better just let a professional deal with it and go to work like a good little soldier. <laughs> and don't worry about it, we'll take care of you. Um, it just makes you dependent on banks and government and really, the last thing you want to be dependent on is, well, your enemy. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought maybe we can go right to square one here and help people understand a little bit more about life and finances and how to how to form a plan with very little experience and just get started. And it's amazing how far you can come in a year um, if you really put your mind to it and you really start observing, not just seeing what's happening. You have to observe it. Yep. You have to learn from it. Well, let's just start right there. Uh, first thing is first, we've talked about this before from more of a conspiratorial angle, but you are a corporation. You have a corporation. 
It's your name in all caps. All your bills come to your house in all caps. That's your corporation. When the police pull you over, they're treating you as a corporation and they are giving you fines or tickets under the corporate rules. Okay? Everyone treats you as a corporation except yourself. Uh, so if you want to go on something like yahoofinance.com, uh, you can type in any, any company's ticker symbol it'll be called. For example, Apple is AAPL. And you can bring that up. And I'm doing it right now so you can do this with me if you want. There's a tab called Financials. And we'll just click there. This will show you on the income statement, uh, Apple's revenue, the cost of the revenue and their gross profit. And then there's all these things like taxes and research and development and, and all this. And then there's a net income line. The net income is what you're left with at the end of the year. Okay. So if you're a corporation and you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year and you're paying 30,000 in taxes right off the bat and you're spending the rest 70, 80, 90,000 a year living, because you know your mortgage and your bills and you got to have that new car so you take out some debts and you go on vacation and you do all those things well you're probably not even close to aware of what your actual net income is everyone knows how much money they make but nobody really has an idea of how much they keep do you you follow me there mr melrose i'm sure you feel oh, the same about that a hundred percent and um there's actually um there's a magic in tracking what you spend, um, yeah. When you look at a cash flow, what your actual cash flow is, uh, people don't realize. I mean, outside of even the, the amount of taxes they're spending, they could say, "Hey, look, I make a hundred grand a year." And usually, <laughs> the difference between your gross and your net is. Uh, people always say, "You know, you tell your friends your gross income. You tell your wife your net income." <laughs> <laughs> so true. Right? Um, yeah, and so, I mean, I don't have a wife, but I do understand that. I mean, I used to have a girlfriend. Um, but uh, I want to just kind of dial back for a second and say, you know, um, everyone goes through their own journeys. You know, I've had times when I was basically like dirt, like I had, man, you know, I was broke. And then I've had times where I've had tons of capital, right? Like I made a business that uh, was pushing a million dollars in revenue. So I did, I've done well and I've had different seasons of my life. Um, and you know, it's interesting, like when you go through all those curves, I mean, uh, what was the biggest difference? I mean, I've had times in my life where I was making $40,000 a year, but I was able to pay off tens of thousands of dollars of debt in a year and a half. And then I've had times where I have, where I'm making maybe earning six figure incomes and I feel like <laughs> I'm almost getting no traction, you know? Um, and it's oh, amazing totally. because we, we get comfortable in these lifestyles and um, the money starts coming in and maybe the more money we make, sometimes we start bringing on some of these more, you know, frivolous lifestyles and all of a sudden you don't even know how you're spending all of your money. Um, the magic for me happened when I actually started tracking every single dollar spent. And every time I've done this, I've been able to save uh, save or pay down debt or whatever my actual financial goals are um, 10 times more effectively. Um, it's almost magical uh, how, how much this can affect what you are doing and trying to achieve. Uh, but the, yeah. the, I guess the question that you really have to ask yourself, though, is, 
do you have a financial goal? What really is the financial goal? If you want to achieve something, how much money do you need to achieve it? And it's not, it's okay to actually define that clearly. And actually you need to do that. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. It's a great uh, plan. plan is like, mm-hmm. look, if you, if you're going through running a business, which you are yourself is a business uh, without a business plan, uh, you can imagine you won't get as good of results as if you did have a business plan. I think that's just rather obvious and I don't think many people have a business plan. And I was one of those people a couple of years ago. I was paycheck to paycheck style, living uh, living fine, but, you know, not not having an abundance saved up. I had a bunch of money saved up for my gambling bankroll because, you know, you can't run short on that. Uh, but, yeah, like that's where my priorities <laughs> were lying, straight into a gambling degenerate lifestyle. Pretty crazy. Um, but then I decided, you know what, maybe I am smart enough to learn about businesses. I always thought, well, s- sports have all this information available, you know what I mean? And so I can dissect that information. Um, and the stock market is obviously controlled and rigged to some extents. And I always just felt like I can't compete in that world until I really just started spending time on it. Uh, and luckily, through the beginning of the Rona, we were all on lockdown and I... I seen a huge opportunity. So I started spending, you know, seven or eight hours a day learning. And after a month or two, I was like, oh, my God, like, (laughs) uh, this is alarming how few people would know this stuff, you know, and it didn't take that much time. And that's something we should learn in high school. And so we're going to learn it now. Let's get over to a balance sheet here. So if you do want to follow along on your computer, you can go to Yahoo Finance and bring up a balance sheet on the finance tab if if that's something you're interested in. Um, And this is you. This is your life right here. You have assets and you have liabilities. Okay? So if you own a $300,000 house, but you still owe $290,000 of it, on your mortgage, then you have a liability of two ninety and ten thousand worth of asset, basically. Yeah. Well, it's not like well, I have a big house. Uh, it kind of doesn't work like that. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say too. Um, I don't know if anyone follows guys like Robert Kiyosaki, but he'll teach you that um, a house isn't actually an asset, and the reason is is that assets cash flow profit. Um, because at any time your house is always a liability because anyone that owns a house realizes that the furnace goes and there's roof repairs and um, usually it's actually taking money out of your pocket. It's not actually putting money into your pocket and sometimes it appreciates but it can very easily go the other direction as we've seen in the last you know 10 or 20 years we've seen housing prices go all the way up and all the way down and back again so um, yeah it's pretty crazy yeah but it is a it's a crazy asset class and like you said is it really an asset class well that would uh that would depend i guess uh if if it can create more value yeah. by the market rising yeah uh, then you will incur in cost of managing it whereas when you own tesla stock i don't have any fees to pay to maintain that asset mm-hmm. uh, so it's it is a different class but mm-hmm. far less tangible than a house But anyway, it's time for you guys to start drawing this out, a bit of a balance sheet on yourself. You know how much money you make. Do you know how much money you spend? Do you have any idea how much your mortgage plus water plus electricity plus food costs plus your cell phone plus your internet? You need to add those things up. Okay? And that's all you have to do. 
but you have to figure that out. You don't have to budget, okay, like we're allowed $200 for groceries and this. Living like that's kind of tough, but you should just be aware of it. You know what I mean? You should know how much money you spent on food, how much money you make, how that's affecting the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's what they would call it in a business. It is affecting your bottom line. I'm going to add one more thing to that really quick. Is um, I know like it's really tough to say, okay, some people are good at it when you're like, I'm only going to spend $200 on this. But if you know how much money you're making in a month or what your re- revenue is that's coming in um, and you have a certain goal that you want to put a certain amount of money aside, which is re- uh, is, is going to allow you to achieve freedom is really, the, for me, my end goal is how much freedom do I have? And, um, too. you know, and, uh, you know, I, me and David talk about this and we're on the same page, I believe is like your freedom is if you lost your job and had no income today, how long could you live? Right. Yep. If you have enough money to survive, if you have mon- enough money to survive for two months or two weeks or six months or a year, you're two months or six months or a year free. And so every time you're putting money away and you're able to save it, you're creating freedom for yourself to some degree. Right. Um, yep. So to bring that back is like maybe you don't want to say I'm only spending $200 on this or $100 on that. But if you start tracking and saying this is what I'm spending and actually write it down in a book, I suggest you to do this for one month at minimum. If you actually do this exercise and just write down what you actually are spending, it will be an eye opener on where your money is going. And if you can actually achieve maybe higher levels of freedom by maybe not spending so much money on coffee, you might not realize it, but you might be spending like hundreds of dollars on coffee. (laughs) Um, Every month, I bet a lot of people do without even realizing it. Yeah. I make 30 bucks an hour. It's only two bucks a day. You know, that's the mentality. (laughs) But then it's two bucks a day for everything in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. It adds up so quick. It does. And so, yeah, it's, it is about recognizing what you're spending in order to keep some money. Um, and then another way to kind of do it is if you wanted to, if you want to prioritize money from your paycheck to go directly into assets, that's one way you can assure that you're saving money by buying assets. Um, but you definitely should be keeping an eye on this and figuring out how much of my income goes towards needing needs and how much is going towards just frivolous spending and wants um and when you realize let's say you make a thousand bucks every two weeks and 700 goes to needs the rest of that money is the money that could get you ahead you know that 30 percent left you could be buying assets with Uh, because if you're not you're just blowing it pizza's Mm -hmm. great but after you're done eating it it's gone Uh, and going to the movies and all this other stuff you can obviously afford these things, but it, it's up to you to do a couple things. You don't want to be behind the eight ball, in my opinion. And of course, uh, Mr. Melrose and I are not financial advisors, so don't take this as financial advice. From our own experiences, saving the money is the hardest part. Making it's easy. Anyone can make money. Keeping it is the hard part. So how do you keep it? Well, for me, I have separate accounts. I send the money I need over to one. And that way, the rest is left in another one to buy assets with. It's pretty simple. Um, If you and you're married or whatever, uh, you guys can figure out, okay, together we have this much money. Together, this is what we need to spend. How much should we be prioritizing towards saving or into other things? You don't actually have to save the money. You could spend it on your mortgage to try to get that paid off quicker. Because as long as you have a mortgage, you're not going to be free. You're going to have to go to work the next day. there's, there's a couple things you can do. 
Myself, I, I like that asset class a bit. I'm not crazy about it, but I did uh, end up getting a cottage and I think I could rent that out and make good money. Um, I think the prices of that type of a house, like a house is, is completely different than buying something in a city. So uh, the price was right. And I don't think that I'll be in danger of it becoming, you know, worth way less than my mortgage pretty much ever, even though that's all possible if the housing market collapses. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really have to worry about that. I do think I could rent it out and create value. Um, so that's one thing that some of my money is going into. Uh, mm-hmm. Other things are stocks. Other things are cryptocurrencies. Those are the three markets that I, I put my money into right now. But I only do that with one purpose, and that is to become free. Mm-hmm. So all this saving is just to buy my life back later. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's my goal. That's my financial goal. I want this house paid off well before the mortgage is due. You know, so we're trying to add money to it. That way I can get my wife to retire because once we don't have this bill to pay, that's going to take our expenses down on our balance sheet by a ton once there's no mortgages. Once there's no mortgages, um, and I, I believe if I have about half a million saved up in assets that aren't the houses, I think I could easily take care of my family on the interest of just those things. I might have to relocate, which I'm happy with. I would love to be living in Mexico where it's nice and cheap. You're here. There's a lot of things you can do. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically set yourself up with a balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Figure out what your goals are. What do you want the money for? If you're just saving up to buy another new car or something then maybe this isn't as important but if it's to free yourself from the system get people to retire live the good life while you still can Uh, because yeah life's short life is way too short and i think a lot of people are going to work till they almost die yeah not really get much value out of life not much experience uh that's sad you you (laughs) can definitely you can definitely work your life away and i did that for a long time uh that's why i moved to mexico was to get out of that race you know um and kind of like we said before you know there's times in my life where i've done lots of saving and sometimes i was like you know you kind of slide on some things and you end up spending more than you like to um you can make a million dollars but if you end up spending a million dollars a year you could you'll start you're still working until you're 65 or 70 and wondering where the money went um yeah look at look at all these professional athletes yeah they don't what are they doing they're still on like tv talking about sports after because they couldn't figure out how to retire off tens of millions of dollars that's ridiculous yeah it's so yeah and i would say too is that there's all kinds of range of people there's people that might be listening to this that um, have very modest livings or some people that do much better and all those people they we, we end up in the same position because we end up spending just too much. And it's very easy. You could very easily, you can spend yourself out of any amount of income, no matter what you have. Oh, yeah. You can dream yourself out of your wallet. Okay. Essentially is what happens. And, um, and, and when you get buried in debt, it also, what ends up happening is you create a mindset where you're, it's almost a fear mindset and you end up creating, I don't know if you remember me talking about how your world is a mirror of what's kind of going on inside your body and so if you could put yourself in a position where you have fear because you're in debt and you don't know what you're going to do well all those feelings manifest themselves in creating more of that into your reality and um, I think the the number one thing that I did that changed that for me because I was in my 20s and I ended up with a bunch of debt that I didn't really anticipate because I was you know I thought I'd be successful and I, I took some risks and all of a sudden I ended up with a bunch of debt and I didn't know what to do and um, what I 
I started listening to guys like Robert Kiyosaki, Mike Maloney, learning about money. And um, what I started to do is I started buying silver. Um, and what that did is even though I owed money, I, I would take 10, 15% of what I was earning and I would start buying silver with it. And what that did is that, first of all, the nice thing about buying physical silver or gold or whatever you want to buy, it's a little easier to buy silver because it's not, you know, $2,000 a pop, <laughs> um, yeah. is that it's liquid enough that you could sell it tomorrow, but it's hard enough to sell that you know you have it and you're not going to make some kind of a panic sell. So you, you take it, you store it, and there it is. And you and all of a sudden, you start having a feeling of abundance in yourself because you have it, you hold it, you know that you have it, it's not going anywhere. Uh, this was the magic that happened for me. This is my own personal story, and I know other people that have had similar experiences. As soon as you have something that you know that it's yours and you're building on some kind of foundation, that's why sometimes two people buy a house and they feel that same thing. And it's about how you're feeling about what you own, okay? For me, it was with silver, and then I started building on that, and it's amazing. Uh, I wasn't getting any traction paying off my debts. As soon as I started buying silver, within a year and a half, I had paid off all my debts, and I had a nice chunk of change that I had savings on. Because part of your plan, if you are in debt, um, if you're trying to get out of debts, and like I say, there's people that, even if, you have a, if you've made a lot of money, um, having debts is part of life and sometimes they get unmanageable. And so you need to create um, debt repayment programs and just not focus on it. And then you need to focus on bringing more money into your life and creating solid um, solid foundations for the different assets that you want to hold and focus on that, you know, and, and then that becomes who you are and that gets reflected into your reality. That's my perspective. Um, and that's uh, the a synopsis of the journey that basically I've been on over the last, you know, decade and a half. So, um, I don't know if that leads us into where we were heading. I kind of got off onto a side note, but, um, when we talk about assets, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. People need to, they need to start somewhere and that's the foundation you're talking about. We need to build a foundation. I could have bought lots of things. Instead, I bought a bunch of stocks and crypto this year. You know, that was a choice. You know, I, a lot of people, oh, I can't afford stocks. Why? What, what did you decide to prioritize in front of owning great companies? That, that's what it comes down to for me. It's a choice. People frivolously, frivolously spend their money. Like they'll buy a bag of weed, a bunch of booze for the weekend. They'll party, (laughs) probably go to a restaurant that's, you know, stupid priced and think, oh, this is cool. I, I can afford expensive steak. And it's like, yeah, you can, but you can't afford your own freedom. And I, I yeah. prioritize that first. So if uh, if someone was looking to get started, they don't know anything about stocks, crypto, buying silver or houses, um, how would we direct them to get started? Um, I mean, honestly, we have gone through the experience for me. My original gateway was a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki's good. Uh, reading things by Mike Maloney. The, he has a really good book on investing in silver. Um, and he has different guys that even for investing in real estate. Um, you know, So if you want to start getting educated on these topics, because you have to remember, every single day you have a choice whether you're going to spend your money or invest it. Are you spending your time or are you investing your time? Me and Dave are spending time on you know every Sunday now uh, doing these podcasts are we spending it or are we investing it because 
and I hope we're investing. Who, who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, and even if you know, even if you guys aren't getting anything out of this, I know maybe maybe we are. I don't know. <laughs> At least a chance to get yeah, out of our head. This actually helps to like speak things out. You can always learn even just from yourself by talking things out, and, and talking to you helps a ton. So, yeah, if we're uh, to help people get started, yeah, start reading. Get on YouTube. YouTube is not some silly place to learn. It is a great place to learn. And anything you want to know about the stock market, there will be plenty of videos. You'll start to see the same kind of guys that know what they're talking about, getting the respect. And you'll find some people to follow, and you'll you'll be able to learn. That's a good place to start. And You're going to want to open the right accounts, too. That's important. So you should research what account you want to avoid taxes. Because mm-hmm. uh, the whole point of saving money is to keep it. So why do you want to give that away because you didn't open the right account? Um, so I can't tell you what accounts and stuff to be opening. We talk about that in my Slack channel all the time, but in podcast form, it's too difficult. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say you're right. We're not uh, financial advisors or anything like that. Um, but in my own experience, things that you learn, you know, um, and here's something. If you have these, that's cool. But things like RRSPs, where you put your money away so that it can, you know, accumulate over time. But then when you pull it out, you're going to pay another tax rate and potentially penalties when you pull it out later in life. And for me, that investment never made sense because I always wanted to be making more when I retired because I want to have assets that are creating income. So if I'm building assets mm-hmm. over my life and I have a high, bet more income when I get older, does it make a lot of sense to be paying taxes now or then? <laughs> so for me, I have always, my, and my parents always fought me. We need to have a, you know, RRSPs. They've never made sense to me for those reasons. And if you don't really follow what I'm saying, there's lots of people you can look up on YouTube to make your own decision, whether it is the right financial move for you. I completely agree with you. I don't, I don't like RSPs. Yeah. I only have one cause I want to take my pension from an old job and I had to put it in a locked in RSP. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't take my actual physical money I earned today and put it in one because a, they're going to tie it up till you're 55 or 60. Yeah. And if you want to take it out, you're going to pay penalties on it. So who really benefits from all this money mm-hmm. is the bank. That's right. Um, it's okay. It's a start, but there's things like a tax-free savings account mm-hmm. uh, in Canada, and I guess that would be like a Roth IRA account in the states, where it's kind of like an RSP, <laughs> but uh, it's not because I can take that money out today if I need it, yeah. today, tomorrow, or next year, or in fifty years. It's all the same, except there's no taxing the money that's made in this account. Mm-hmm. So why are you putting all this money in an RSP that they're going to tax you on your income later when you can put it in this account and pay nothing and have it all year? It's amazing how a financial advisor might forget to tell you that <laughs> when they're trying to sell you an RSP. But you have to remember, too, a financial advisor says, hey, put this money into an RSP. And now you have a long-term time horizon. I can put you into that and I'll make the best commissions. <laughs> yeah, they make great commissions. And that's why I started my whole business is because I know everyone's just getting taken for a ride, mm-hmm. myself included. My financial advisor cost me oh, over $8 million now worth of Bitcoin. He wouldn't do it for me because it was the bank's competitor and I didn't know how to do it uh, with that pension and everything. Hmm. And, he, you know, yeah. uh, eventually I had to figure that stuff out on my own and realize, wow, <laughs> uh, people need to know this kind of stuff because it's just ridiculous this guy is such a jackass and he knows damn well he cost me nearly 10 million dollars already and he still thinks he's cool like oh my god 
could slap his head off. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you need to get started. And how to get started, you're going to have to find out what accounts are best for you. So you got to get on YouTube and you got to figure that stuff out. That's for stocks. Mm -hmm. Then there's other ones for cryptocurrencies. <laughs> if you're going to be owning things like silver, I would highly suggest, well, I shouldn't suggest anything. I'm not a financial advisor. Again, I will say that. But you want to hold it. Like you have your bars of silver. Mm -hmm. My dad did the same thing. You often pay a little bit above market to have the physical physical dollar, physical silver dollars, whatever bars. Mm -hmm. But it's worth it because you actually own it. If this financial system collapses or there's any bullshit, they're not going to let you walk into the bank and take out your silver or empty your bank account. It's already going to be empty. Yeah. So since possession is nine-tenths of the law, you might want to own and hold your silver. But yeah, it's about getting started. So let's just pretend that you make a thousand bucks every two weeks and you have $700 of that thousand is going to water, phone, internet, all that stuff you've agreed to. You're left with 300. So how do you figure this out? How much of that should you be spending on assets and how much should you be spending on fun? That's kind of up to you. I mean, for me, it's totally different every week. I just spend what I don't need on assets and uh, the fun stuff, I mean, we still do, but it just, I don't know, somehow magically works itself out. Um, <laughs> but I don't budget it. I don't be like, well, I only have $82 for fun this week. Like, I've never lived a life like that or thought about mm -hmm. it. I just, I prioritize buying the assets. So as soon as I pay myself for my business, I'll ask my wife if she needs any money. If she says no, boom, all stocks. Yeah, and that's how I do it. But you could budget this out so that you automatically buy $100 worth of this stock every two weeks and $100 worth of this crypto every two weeks. And that's it. Just forget about it. Dollar cost average your way into these things. That way the swings don't matter. If it goes down a lot, that's great. You're buying it for cheaper. If it goes up a lot, great. It was supposed to go up. It takes all that risk out of the game. You don't need to be massively diversified as we started the show with. Um, not in the stock world anyway, I don't believe. Maybe in the cryptocurrency world where they're not really businesses. So it just <laughs> is a matter of opinion on who likes the project, uh, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different. But these companies, they actually make money. So it's a little bit different of a game. And, and in that scenario, I don't really think diversification is a big deal. I own five stocks. I would be comfortable owning one stock. I, yeah, I don't... I don't see a need to, to own a whole bunch. Like if you have, if you truly know what you're doing and you're like, this is the best company ever, yeah. there's no reason to be putting your money in other companies. It, just in my opinion, with my experience, it's worked, yeah. but um, there's a lot of years left. Yeah. And I would say too, dollar cost averaging is something that everyone talks about, but no one ever does, but it is very, very powerful. <laughs> if you can, it just, it's super effective. It's very effective. Yeah. If you can actually follow and stick to that. And I, I would, I, I want to cycle back to, you know, Dave was talking about, well, if you have a thousand dollars coming in a week, you got $300 to spend on whatever you need to. Um, there's two, two points that I want to make on that. One is you have to do what puts you in a good frame of mind and makes you happy because if you are happy, actually feeling happy and it's, that, that is going to reflect into your world. So you want to make sure that you're not punishing yourself because that could reflect poorly on your life and what kind of turns might happen. Uh, the other thing that you have to ask yourself is how much do you value your freedom and um, how much do you want to push forward towards that? We are in a radically changing time where maybe having some freedoms are really important. And here's a really good reason why you might want to have your freedom. If you're wondering, well, you know what, 
I have lots of freedom. What are you talking about? I can totally do whatever I want. Well, okay. Um, maybe you wanted to get a vaccination. Maybe you didn't. But I know lots of people that got it because if they lost their job tomorrow, uh, they wouldn't be able to support their families. So now that's a weak spot. If you're free, you can make the kind of decision you might want to make. Um, uh, or maybe you want to move to another country. Or maybe you want to spend more time doing anything. Um and if you're not living the life that you want to be living and you're doing it because of different financial reasons like a job, jobs are good. They can be really good ends to the means as far as being productive and creating you know, financial assets in your life that we're talking about. Um, but are you truly living and doing the things that you want to be doing? Are you living on purpose, right? Uh, these are questions that maybe it means something to you, maybe it doesn't. Um, but freedom allows you to make all those choices and spend the time doing the things you want to be doing. Would you rather be on a golf course, <laughs> you know, um, or playing hockey or doing something that is really important to you or that you have fun doing or, you know, um, or spending 10, 14 hours a day working and never seeing your family. <laughs> I don't know. Like I did that. <laughs> I did the 10, 12, 14 hours a day, never seeing anyone, but I'd tell you, I, I prefer to have the freedom. Um, so yeah, me too, big time. Yeah. So when we when we're talking about all these things, why would you want to do it? Man, the list is unlimited. These are just like small ideas. But to get started, it's unlimited. But under under the umbrella of freedom, basically, right? Otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. For me, yeah, for me, so. I agree. Like, yeah, because really, that's all you're doing is you're you're having. You're taking your uh, energy, you're turning it into a financial, you're, you're transmuting it into financial energy. And then most of the time, the world that we live in leeches it all away through taxation, through, oh, well, I want to have fun. I want to drink a coffee. I want to do this. I'm having a good time. And then you realize, you know, down there at the end that you didn't plan very well and you might never get to retire. <laughs> you know, and I've seen that story a thousand times, um, especially in trades. You see these guys that are 50, 60, 70 years old that maybe had a few divorces and they didn't manage their money very well. And that's probably one of the most expensive decisions you can make is getting divorced. So, um, yeah, child support and divorce. And next thing you know, you're almost 70 still in the factory. Yeah. At what point are you going to value the gift of life more than money? Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm already trying. Mm -hmm. I can see, I see the game being played and I see everyone not noticing they're in the game, you know? Uh, so I feel very confident that if I can save a high rate of my family income, I think in five, six, seven years, I might be able to get my wife to retire. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, for sure, within 10. Yeah. She's not going to do it until it's like painfully obvious that we don't need another dollar. Mm -hmm. But um, I think I can prove that to her once the house and cottage are paid off and I have an absolute stash of cash. And then we just start doing the math. You start laying out your your income statement. Okay, this is how much money I have. This is how much money I need to live each year. How much interest should I be making on average off my assets? And how much money do I need to spend to live? And at some point, that interest will be higher than your cost of living if you do this right. And that's that's the day for me. Like That's when it's over. Mm -hmm. That's when I get to take my family out of this fucking bullshit yeah. matrix waste of goddamn life that they present us with as a normal yeah normal go to school from the time you're five until you're 18 and then work till you're 60 during the best hours of the day mm -hmm. and the average age of death will be only 63 oh cool 
Like, if, fuck, man. People need to wake up. I, I don't care if you care about freedom or not. You care about something and and prioritize your life around it. Get some purpose. Yeah. Some, you know, something. That's right. And for us, yeah, we want to be free. So what am I doing? I'm trying to compound my way to the point where my finances compound uh, above and beyond my cost of living. That's it. That's, I don't know how many years it'll take, but the more I save, yeah. the sooner I'll get there. And I want to actually note something else, that it doesn't have to take a long time for any of this to happen. It can happen very quick. And the reason is, is that the, the end formula is whatever your expenses are that you need to live, it is whatever your income is if you can cover it. So right now we're talking about let's grow your asset class to a point where it can basically cash flow greater than your expenses. Then you can live infinitely and still have capital. Right, and then you have yeah, security. Never with, losing the capital. Right now, you can exactly. you can do that with asset classes, but you can also do that with businesses. You can do that with all kinds of things. And if you can do those, if you can create assets that generate income, um, that are very conservative, that are robust, that will do well. Uh, maybe you need to have a few different sources if you're doing it with incomes, because uh, you know um, businesses can fail. <laughs> but as soon yeah. as you have that steady baseline, where hey, you know what? A million things would have to go wrong for me to, you know, be back to zero. Um, man, that is that's freedom. Um, I mean, even well before that, um, if you can create any kind of revenue that is greater than your uh, than your output on a regular basis, you can essentially pull back and you can be free. And you need to. That's all it is. You need to be able to test it, and you need to be able to do that in a way that you feel good about, and you want to make sure it's robust enough that you don't go backwards on it. Um, and that does happen too sometimes. That's part of the learning curve. But um, that's been my formula. Yeah. That's how I am where I'm right now. I could live indefinitely here. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect, and that's what it's about. Um, that's that's like honestly, that's what being a responsible adult is. And so you took that responsibility to manage your own finances in life. And now you're in your mid-30s and you're in Mexico chilling all winter when I'm in minus 30 in Winnipeg. We're doing the same things. But um, I know if I was a single guy where I would be and it wouldn't be in Canada, that's for sure. But yeah, so just people, if you're going to take anything from this, figure out what in life means something to you. If it's freedom, then the way to achieve freedom is by keeping the money you make. You know, that's basically what this comes down to. And I know you can do it. I know you can get started. I know you can dollar cost average your way into some stocks or buy some silver or buy some Bitcoin or any coin you like. Uh, you could start a business. You could buy a small cottage to rent out. Whatever it is, just put your money into something that will at minimum retain value, but hopefully produce value. And then you can live off that value. So if you want to open up a pizza place, great. But if you have to work there every day for the rest of your life, that doesn't really help you become free. It just creates more revenue. So you have to get your business to a point where you can pay someone else to run it. And yeah, it'll net you a lot less, but you don't put the time in. And that's when you have passive income and you're actually free. So if anyone wants to hit me up, you're listening to this on Twitter or through a, a link on Twitter, just send me a DM. I can I can help you get started with stocks or something like that. I've helped many people. Yeah, I've got over 150 guys on my website that I help with that every day. So mm -hmm. that's something we can do. 
Um, so what, anything you want to wrap up the finance portion of this podcast? Crypto has been more of my game. I've kind of gotten out of the, the, the final thing I would say is that the only diversification I would say is that there could be potential risk in, um, in holding your money in banks. That's a move that I've made personally, a choice I've made. Um, and personally, I don't like to have my money in banks, um, or, or have as a limited amount or, um, diversify it to have something outside of banks. Cause if they're ever is a collapse, which could be eminent the way that things are going. Um, I want to make sure I have capital uh, on hand, things that I can reach out to and use in case uh, something crazy goes on. Um, and that's just, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, and the other thing I would say too, is that if you're just getting started with any of this, you don't have to get too fancy. Part of it might just be track what you're spending and make a plan to keep $100. And even if it's cash that you're holding in your hand, even though cash is probably maybe one of the worst things to hold on to long term. If you ever look at a chart, it's lost like 90s, 99. It's horrible. It's terrible. Uh, but in the short term, while you're learning and figuring out where to put it, even if you just hold on to cash, if anything happens in the banks, at least you can have, you know, you'll be able to buy dinner. You know, you can support your family. You can pay your bills. Um, yep. And then you can figure out where it makes sense to put these things, right? You can figure out slowly where it doesn't have to happen fast you don't have to feel like you're in a rush and the thing to remember is that the long-term time horizon is always the best never feel in a rush you're never there's never a fear of missing out there is always a new opportunity every single day uh, and a good place to put your capital i don't know if i froze out again or if i'm coming through Uh, i think that's okay no, you're coming through on my headphones, but your face is frozen. But whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, if you're going to start anywhere, start with keeping your money and tracking your spending. Try to treat yourself as a corporation rather than just a guy. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think you'll be very surprised what you can do. Yeah. And uh, how much, you know, people always overestimate what they can achieve in a year mm-hmm. and completely underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. Yeah. I believe that's a Bill Gates quote. Yeah, that's right. One of my favorite guys who's achieved so much. <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's turn this around. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on in the world. We're hearing conspiracy theories that there's nanotechnology and particles in some sort of needles that people are taking. I don't want to name names, but if you could use your imagination, maybe you'll figure out what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. We got... Uh, report after report, scientists and doctors, none of it on the mainstream. Everyone praising guys like Joe Rogan, who I think are obviously controlled opposition. I don't know how you feel about that. Mm -hmm. But they give you just enough. They're kind of gatekeepers. Yeah, they tell you the stuff you want to hear. But then you stop looking when you find guys like this. And they conveniently leave out the very important truths. This is back-to-back episodes with Rogan where he's got these, these doctors that are, you know, speaking out against this. Uh, but they all magically forget to mention, you know, all the poison in these chemical compounds, the nanotechnologies that people are saying they find in them. Um, stuff like that is just amazing how it's not brought up. It's just like mandates are bad and everyone's like, yeah, we're fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Rogan has more viewers than CNN. It's like, yeah, well, he also is paid by the same people pretty much spotify which you're listening to this on paid rogan a hundred million dollars for his show and has censored him even though they said they won't Mm. uh interesting so as uh i don't really know how to intro what we want to talk about here but the first conspiracy theory that i ever i think could prove uh was chemtrails 
I don't know about you, but you walk out outside, spend five minutes looking in the sky, and if you can't see this, you're not awake. That's all there is to it. There's a huge difference between public transport planes taken off from the airport and these other planes that are just flying above spraying us like we're bugs on a crop. Mm-hmm. And I know that makes me sound weird to people that don't know of this, but you literally just have to look for five minutes and you can confirm this. It's very simple. Uh, there's a big difference in the uh, vapor trails from a passenger plane yeah. and what's happening above us. And by just staring in the sky for five minutes, you'll see that they literally basically spray a grid and it starts spreading into the other pieces. And next thing you know, we have this gray sky. Yeah. Like we're in a dome for the rest of the day. And people just think that's normal, normal cloud patterns. This isn't what clouds looked like when I was a kid. Hmm. I mean, come on. So, Mr. Melrose, oh, where do I even go? I think I'd rather you just take the reins oh here because this goodness. is more. Yeah, I think this is more your department. Sorry. Well, shoot, there's so much to say about it, but I'm gonna try to keep it light. Um, <laughs> because, uh, to be honest, this is something that you know, when you study something and dig into it for a long time, I, you know, it's not something I'm looking at every day. It's something you become aware of. Um, and nanotechnology is nothing new. They've been working on this stuff for decades, and so. Um, <laughs> I would say chemtrails, man. Okay. Well, first of all, what is a chemtrail? Chemtrail? Well, everyone, sometimes you'll be like, when you bring it up, they'll say, no, those are contrails. Well, contrails come out from a, behind a plane and they dissipate within five to 10 minutes. And you can look that up on any kind of dictionary. You'll say, oh, well, if there's high humidity in the upper stratosphere, then uh, contrails will appear and they'll last for five or 10 minutes. And that's what you're seeing in the sky, right? Um, and mm-hmm. if there's low humidity then they won't exist at all. Um, and that's why sometimes they exist and sometimes they don't. But when we're talking about chemtrails, we're talking about stuff that's lingering for hours. <laughs> it is not, oh, yeah. it's not natural. And, you know, they have pictures of planes that are where they show the canisters and we know what type of um, chemicals that they're spraying if you actually look into this for five minutes. Um, for instance, I, came, I lived in Fort McMurray for a long time, for about a decade. And um, say in 2017 or 18, and I hung out with people that we would pay attention to some of this stuff, it would be a very clear day. And maybe you've had this experience where it's like a perfectly blue, crisp day. It's nice and hot. And all of a sudden, five, there'd be like five planes that come out of nowhere and they would grid the sky with five planes. It's like, okay, first of all, maybe they're drones. I'm not sure if they're actually planes that are piloted, but for sure. But that's expensive to run op. Do you know how much it costs to operate five planes? First of all, um, just in the maintenance and getting it off the ground and in fuel costs, it's not cheap. Look that up. Um, I'm sure our taxes cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was watching so, another thing too, and this guy's like, for this, for a very modest amount, we can definitely do uh, stratospheric aerosol injections, which will combat global warming. It would only cost us ten billion dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know they sell it like that's nothing. Here we are uh, having to talk about yeah. we are a corporation and people don't even have a positive net income <laughs> when they're in their thirties, and it's a ten billion for the sky. Let's say people love would love the idea of making a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's like a really good baseline that most people try to aim for. How many hundred thousand dollar people earners do you need to even earn a billion dollars? Never mind. If you think that they're actually using the tax dollars <laughs> to do it, then you have to double that number. And that's how many people it would take just to pay a billion dollars into, you know, into that program. 
mostly they were just creating that money out of thin air. But anyway, so it's it just it's crazy to look, think about the actual finances involved. But let's stay away from that. It's mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. Yeah. Also, look at if you ever wonder, like people use the word trillion like it's no big deal anymore. Um, look physically at the difference. Like there's a there's a couple of good uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that where they'll show you what a billion dollars in cash looks like compared to a trillion. I'm pretty sure you can build like a, a skyscraper or two or three <laughs> with a trillion dollars worth of cash. No yeah, you should never see the end of the pile. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, but um, to get back into chemtrails and. Um, so there's another thing that's interesting that struck me. I came from Fort McMurray, and maybe if, if you're Canadian, you might remember this, or from different places in the world, there was one of the biggest fires ever came through Fort McMurray in 2016. And uh, there's like billion dollars worth of damages. And I operated there, so it did really well for my company, obviously, because I worked in, um, in trades, uh, was the company that I was running at the time. So uh, it was interesting because... When you looked at the way that the fire pattern burned, there's like kind of straight lines. There's things that were burning and melting that typically wouldn't burn and melt. Um, <laughs> and I remember I rented a house and when you look out the front street and you could see it looked like a nuclear bomb went off. You look at the backyard and it's like perfect nature scene. Um, but um, when we're talking about chemtrails and uh, what, why would they want to do that? Why would they want to do that? Well. I'll tell you one thing is that if you ever read Agenda 21, there's parts of Agenda 21 where they talk about burning and scorching the earth. <laughs> so that's interesting um, as far as um, hurting people into certain centers of population and for control. And then think about that. Uh, all of a sudden, BC started having all kinds of fires. All of a sudden, California started having all kinds of fires. They start seeing lasers. They start seeing all these kinds of things. And what is really in these... Uh, chemtrails is, I mean, there's a speculation. I mean, no one really knows. We, we kind of do, but um, that some of these things are getting ingested by trees and it's making them um, burn <laughs> faster and hotter and spark easier. Um, and so mm. these are some of the things, like you could do some research on your own to dig into this a little bit deeper. But when you start looking into it, um, really some of these chemtrails are accelerants. <laughs> I would imagine so. And I think there's a lot of heavy metals in the in the chemtrails as well that we're breathing in, that we're drinking and eating. It's all over the farms. Oh, that too. Um, yeah. So our bodies are just being loaded and loaded with metals. And why would they want to do that? Is that so that we can be tracked on the internet like what what's the real deal here what's the end game one thing too is that when you ingest metals into your body if, if any of that is circulating through your body if it it gets plugged in certain areas including your brain and it can cause like a little bit of like forgetfulness or brain fog and things like this so it makes you like you're not thinking as clear if you, maybe you found that over the last while maybe you're not thinking as clearly i'm not saying that's all from chemtrails because we also drink alcohol so i mean that's not healthy <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely having a big impact on society, though I I think. And they say like Alzheimer's disease is a hundred percent because of metals that accumulate in your brain. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, and that comes right from your deodorant uh, and lots of things. Like it's put right in your deodorant, and your armpits absorb. It's pretty messed up. Uh, why you would need aluminum? Yeah. In your armpits. Uh, so I'm kind of a weird hippie guy. I buy this natural deodorant. Um, 
I also buy natural toothpaste. I don't drink tap water. Um, mm-hmm. What else do I do that's weird? Yeah, like tap water. They openly discuss all these drugs they put in the, in our tap water. Like it's good for us. Everyone knows there's fluoride in it, but nobody knows what fluoride is apparently. Yeah, or what grade of if fluoride. To, <laughs> yeah, uh, what grade? Uh, what's the safe amount? Uh, there's a lot of questions. No one seems to care. But if you look up rat poison, which I'm sure you've all seen Dumb and Dumber before, it's how the big guy gets killed. Uh, the only ingredient in rat poison is sulfuric fluoride. So it's a little bit weird that they want to put that in uh, our drinking water, yeah. if you ask me. Well, yeah. And even more weird that you know when you do things like heat up drinking water, you're now adding a new element to these chemicals and... They'll have different reactions. So apparently boiling tap water can pretty much 10x uh, the intensity of something like the fluoride substance in it. So you're baking this shit right into your potatoes and stuff or whatever you boil. I don't know. But it's bad. It's gross and it's bad. So I buy natural spring water. I buy mine from Jackson Springs. I think that's one of the better places to order from. You can do some research, but... Yeah, I, I have a feeling that all these little things we do, microwaves, this and that, and our deodorants and our fluoride toothpaste, mm-hmm. and like maybe that's why people start to fall apart in their 80s and 90s. Or sooner Just now. something's bad for you. Yeah. Sooner, but it, it keeps getting worse, right? Mm-hmm. It gets worse and worse. But it seems like nobody can point the finger at these things. Well, cause, oh, they've been there my whole life. Well, what the fuck do you know about your life and how long it should be? You know, people are so funny like that. Yeah. They just can't admit anything could possibly be bad. But um, yeah, these these metals, yeah. they're in our air. Uh, so they end up on our food. They're in our water. They're in our deodorant. Mm-hmm. Why are they trying to fill us full of metal? Yeah. And then you find out there's studies that when metal accumulates in your brain, in your brain, you basically just become stupid and easier to control. Um, so sorry to interrupt you on that point, but yeah, why, why is there all these heavy metals? You take it back, take it away. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree is that, um, and if you remember from the last episode, I talked about how your lymphatic system kind of gets overrun and that, um, when it, when it breaks down, that's how you end up with cancers and things like this. Well, it also gets rid of the metals in your body. And when your lymphatic system isn't working right, then heavy metals do end up in your brain. And they also, you know, things like cataracts and all this kind of stuff, all the waste material ends up in places where all of a sudden you're having problems with your eyes and everything else. But you're right. These metals uh, do wreak havoc. They're not meant to be in your body. And people will say, well, I'm drinking mineral water. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to talk about minerals for one second. And um, so there's organic minerals. And there's inorganic minerals. If I take rust off the ground and I want to lick it, that's not going to do my body any good. Okay? <laughs> but if, I, if iron is put into the ground and a plant absorbs it, uses it for its growth, and then I ingest that plant and I get iron organically into my body, my body can synthesize that and use that iron the way it needs to be used in my body. But most people would agree that eating like iron, like ground up iron, is not going to do any good for you. Um, right now, um, I don't know if you've seen this. There's a guy that like he took a box of cereal, he grinds it all up, and then he pulls a magnet, and like all these little metal met fibers come out of it. Um, like we're getting just inundated with these metals. Well, what's really going on? They're messing up our heads. They're also inorganic minerals that you think that you're getting. 
they also find their ways into things like your joints, like your elbows and your knees. And you're like, well, why is my knee grinding? Why is it not really working that good? Well, there's buildup of inorganic material that is in your body that shouldn't be there and it can't get um, removed from the body. Okay. Um, so then you ask yourself, well, how, how do you get rid of it? And there are answers for that as well. Um, but I mean, the theme that we're talking about right now is how do we get, you know, what are these metals doing? And they're ending up into our body and they really do wreak havoc. And, uh, even if it's small and accumulated over time, um, your body won't function the same way and your brain doesn't function the same way. And if your brain and body aren't functioning the same way, you're probably not living up to your potential or, uh, living as long uh, and as good a quality of life as you could. One thing that I was introduced to actually sure. in the last five years is um, something called the foot ion cleanse. And I'm not telling you that you need to do these things or not, but you can literally find these um, foot ion cleanses at a spa. Sometimes spas will have them. You put your feet in them, they run an electric current. And um, what will happen is that it will pull all of the metals and all the bad toxic waste um, substances out of your body through your feet. Um, and you can look at a chart and you end up with like some white stuff that might be yeast or uh, different metals like iron and things like this. Um, and it will also pull heavy metals out of your body. This is something very healthy that you could do for your body to help cleanse it. And then you can put organic materials back in. Um, if you're looking at learning more about that, I would say dig in. Don't take my word for it. Obviously, I'm just telling you my experiences and what I've come to know and understand. Um, but um, it can be a definitely a very healthy track for you to go on. I know personally I do them. I used to do them regularly and I, ne I needed to because I worked in a field where I was exposed to titanium and heavy metals all the time and they get into you at nanoparticles and they get into your body. Um, think about, you know, my grandma worked at a battery factory, I think, when she was, you know, back in the day and she was exposed to all kinds of heavy metals and now she has dementia. Is there a coincidence? Maybe. <laughs> but... I don't so much believe in coincidences. But... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But maybe, you know, some of these things uh, would have kept her mind more sharp if she was able to get some of these metals out of her body. Uh, that's something that I believe. Um, what uh, was the name of that cleanse? It would be a foot ion cleanse. And I mean... Foot ion. Yeah. You can, you can do them... Um, you can buy a unit and have one in your house, which I used to have uh, until I broke up with my girlfriend and um then it was her family's so <laughs> now i don't have it now. need to buy one <laughs> yeah they're they're all over amazon i just pulled it up between 200 300 bucks there's plenty of options yeah. right on amazon here uh for yeah. a foot ion bath machine yeah that's pretty cool that's something i'll look into i know i need to rid myself uh before i wreck myself basically yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't check yourself, you wreck yourself. Well, there's a lot of things we need to check ourselves on. That might be one of them. I don't think we need all this metal in us or any metal or any injections or anything, but that's just me. Yeah, it's crazy. And these fires, like what's going on with these fires, man? I know they're kind of related. It, they sure seem done on purpose, not just some organic uh, forest <laughs> fires. I remember the one in California literally stopped at the border a couple of years ago. Like, yeah. So the fire was like, fuck it. I forgot my passport or is this planned? And it's like precise. Like you said, it looks like a nuke went off on one side of the street and things that don't even burn are burning. And then in the backyard, nothing, not a singe. 
Um, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of accuracy with these things, and they've wiped out so so much in the last few years. People kind of forget there's always a new distraction, but California, BC, Fort McMurray, these places have all been like decimated. Yeah. What, over the last 10 years? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Do you think that's HARP? Well, I mean, well, HARP, the thing about HARP is that I feel like that's just their main weather control systems. And here's something else I saw that was really interesting that makes me think of HARP. When I was in Fort McMurray, <laughs> there was, you know, I told you there was a lot of um, chemtrails. Well, one day I saw, you know, sometimes you can see frequency waves in the clouds. Well, I saw frequency waves going in all four different directions from a single source in the sky. So imagine you see waves literally coming out from one spot in the sky, but in every direction. Like, that is not natural. <laughs> not, no kidding. None of it's natural. When people look up in the sky and see these waves and ignore it, they're not natural either. It's so obvious that something's happening. Yeah. But no one cares. We're in a, we're in a world where literally nobody seems to care about anything. You know, the corruption, ah, fuck, it's just corruption. Go back to sleep. I think part of it, too, is that we're inundated because everyone's like, well, this caught everything. You know, people would used to say everything causes cancer. So I guess I might as well just do everything. It's like, no, not everything. Not everything causes cancer. (laughs) First of all. (laughs) Yeah, especially the sun. Yeah. All this skin cancer nonsense where you're supposed Uh, to be scared of the sun and then load all these chemicals in this lube up into your skin and absorb it. Mm hmm. That's far causes way more cancer than the sun does. Also, you have to kill yourself in the sun to get cancer from it. Yeah, fuck. You got to think like you're. If we're putting all these different metals and different toxins in our body, and they're working their way out through our lymphatic system, or they're working their way into a certain level of our dermis, uh, and then we expose ourselves to the sun, then they say, "Oh my gosh." Look at the sun did that. The sun made all this problem on your skin. It's like, no, the sun didn't do that. You're toxic. And the sun is causing problems in that, you know, revealing problems possibly in that layer. (laughs) Well put. Yeah, that's exactly it. And people have no idea. They're just, they're so out to lunch. They think we're supposed to eat a fucking loaf of bread every day and stuff. Like, no, none of this stuff's supposed to even exist. And now it's just a natural way of life. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go back in time and see what was really up because this is not the way humans are supposed to be living. Um, and so no. it's time maybe to get our minds right. It is the start of a new year. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of people have some goals. So I thought maybe we would talk a little New Year's goals. Maybe some people want to get their finances up. A lot of people will probably want to lose weight or start working out. How can uh, how can we help people yeah. with this? Well, Just simply and on the right track mentally and physically i mean i think that there's a few things that we really want to talk about one if you have low energy um your body does not replicate its cells properly if you do not drink enough water and that will lead like dehydration is one of the number one reasons why you have no energy first of all so water is so important our bodies are made up of it and drinking good healthy quality water and drinking enough of it will be your first step to get your energy levels up that as well as maybe eating some fruits and vegetables, okay? Like that is very basic level, okay? Yeah. I don't know if you can agree with me on that one. Um, 100% agree with you on that. And I would go as far as saying uh, I have this product. I don't know if I should uh, endorse it or whatever, but it's called Norwex is the company. And they have this spray that you can spray on your fruits and vegetables and then soak in water. And it's supposed to pull the toxins out. And oh my God, you should see the color of the water after sometimes. It's insane. <laughs> 
What? Even the organic stuff, you'd be shocked at how much shit comes out of it. It tastes so much fresh. Organic is kind of a marketing scam for the most part. Most of the time, you're... you're 100%. <laughs> but you, it might be slightly better, but you're honestly better to grow your own, as long as it's not getting covered in um, chemtrails. <laughs> I think the biggest difference is right where you are, if you end up at a market... That fruit, it tastes so much different than the fruit in Canada. Oh, yeah. That it's just, it's alarming. It's so obvious that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. Um, but yeah, get get your fruit in you. We're supposed to eat fruit. Yeah. I do believe fruit's probably the yeah. probably the food that we were meant to eat. Yeah. So I have a friend that literally thinks we're supposed to be fruitarians. Mm-hmm. We might be. I don't well, know. But uh, fruit, clean water, Mm -hmm. go ahead, continue. I was going to say, think about how healthy juicing is um, for people. So, you know, it is very good to get all that. Um, Yeah, fruit, water, and, uh, you know, getting getting sun in your life, making sure you're exposed, that you're not living in a cave. These things uh, will regulate your serotonin levels, make sure your circadian rhythms are right, so that you're actually, your body is functioning properly. If you really, really want your body to function properly, you need to go to bed by 10.30. I know that's crazy for most people to think about, but there are certain things built into your body that the rhythms don't even kick in. If you know, if you don't go to bed before 10.30, there's certain rhythms where your body won't even shut down and cleanse, do a cleansing cycle ever. Right. So anyway, these are things that maybe we can get into another time. But um, yeah, health-wise... Number one, if you want to have a really good 2020, you want to be healthy. Not only that, you want to be healthy for a long time, and you might as well start getting yourself on the right track. If it's also, as a listener, if it's something that you want to dig into more of, and I'm sure we'll do it anyway, you know, uh, there's a lot of topics where I can deep dive and really give you um, uh, some more structure on how to do some of these things. My life goal is, I stated this for since I've been 22, is to be 122 uh, die running a marathon. Okay. So my goal is to live long and healthy. And if I can maybe par- share some of the things I'm learning so you can do the same thing, you know, that'd be, you know, uh, I'd be happy about that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so we talk about, first of all, making sure you have good things going into you. Um, the next thing that people would say is like, you know, it's 2022. I want to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> Or I want to look this way. I want to, you know, you know, girls might say, I want my ass to look right or, you know, or my hips or, (laughs) and literally go to the gym and only work out their ass. Yeah, that's right. Which is great for everyone else around them, but you know, (laughs) uh, it doesn't help them so much. Yeah. um, Sometimes it does. And the reason that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, why does one workout work for someone and it doesn't work for someone else? And this is something I like to get into a bit. Um, is workouts are very interesting. Um, If you really want to lose 10 pounds, you need to, there is a battle going on between your mind and your subconscious mind. And I've touched on this theme in previous uh, episode where really what's going on is that you can't logic yourself into a nice body. There are a few different ways that you can uh, really uh, work on your body. One is physically. If you... What are you really doing when you work out physically is you're convincing your subconscious mind that it needs to be a certain way to operate and function. And when it decides that it's going to do that, the transformation can happen very quickly. It doesn't need to take years to lose or shed a bunch of weight. You need to convince yourself that, um, and not just your regular mind, but your subconscious mind, which is the cells, the brains in every cell of your body, that it needs to be a certain way. Now, there are a few things that you, ways you can do that. 
you can physically go through the motions. Hey, you know what? I believe that if I run, you know, 20 minutes or an hour a day, I'm going to do that and my body will coincide. And because I'm active on a regular basis, my body will become what I need. It'll be, it'll be the machine that it needs to be. I believe that. I believe that to my core and your body will be ripped and, you know, it'd be amazing. But then you're like, well, I know people that don't do anything. They eat whatever they want and they still look amazing. Well, how do they do that? They have core beliefs <laughs> that are in each cell of their body that this is their body and this is how they're always going to be. Um, the other thing that contributes to weight that sometimes physical things can't get in the way of um, are mental images. So sometimes having the right pictures in front of you, giving yourself the right statement by actually verbalizing it and working those uh, images and thoughts into your into yourselves as a way to uh, start programming yourself. So yeah, get a picture of what you want to look like, put in front of yourself and look at it. And one day you'll look up at it and you'll be like, man, I wish I looked like that. And you'll actually feel your whole body react to that. And if you, if you look at a picture and you feel your body reacting to it, that is a good sign that you're probably on the right track, that your body's getting the message, okay? Um, and the final thing that I would say is that every cell in your body has its own memory. And we also store emotions in them. So when we have traumas in our life, we are typically, we store them in different areas of our body. And if we don't move that energy, it can be stuck there and um, it will create blockages where it doesn't matter what kind of uh, mental process you do or physical process, you'll never move that weight. You literally have a lump in your stomach. You have emotional baggage that you're literally carrying around with you. And I'm going to give you um, the right way that you can maybe start down the process to move that. Um, and it's something that I've used personally to where uh, I had problems with my right eye and I got introduced to this and I was actually able to bring the vision back in my right eye, uh, which is an amazing thing. Okay. I, I used to wear glasses. I don't wear glasses now. I wore them for like a year and a half. I was stubborn. I never wanted to wear glasses. I started getting migraines and I started, I got introduced to something called, uh, the tapping solution tapping. Uh, what is tapping? Well, I'm going to leave, I'm going to, without getting into tapping here, uh, I'm going to tell you that Nick Ortner and his whole family, they all do tapping and you can look, if you look up tapping online, you can, um, it's going to feel dumb. You might feel silly doing it, but I'm going to tell you, and you're probably going to cry if you do it properly because that your body has to literally release the energy. And it's not, you're not crying because you're a wimp or because you're, you know, a sad, if you're a guy doing it, girls might be more prone to being like, you know, oh, I'm going to cry and it's totally cool. Guys might have resistance, but when you release energy out of your body, it has to release in a way, right? And most of the time it comes out in tears. Okay. And it's not because you're a wimp. If you're doing that and you're going through the process and you find that you have tears coming out of your eyes, that's probably a good thing. That's probably traumas that have come to your body that needed to get moved for a very long time. And when you move them, the energy starts moving properly. Your circuitry starts working properly. You have a healthier body. And then some of these other practices, when you start running and doing these things, then you can actually achieve the results you want. This is a foundation to remember that every time you want to change your body, you are in a battle between your conscious and your subconscious mind, and they can work together. 
it shouldn't necessarily think of it as a battle, but it is. They need to work together and they need to be on the same page. Um, for a long time, last year I moved 30 pounds. Uh, I went through a little bit of a rough spell. I put on actually 20 or 30 pounds through COVID. I was a little depressed because of the way things life was going. I put on 30 extra pounds. Maybe you can relate to me that you put on some COVID weight, you know? Um, what are you trying to say? You call me fat? <laughs> Only 30? Fuck, I'm probably up 30 yeah. or 40 at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. So last year I said, you know what? It hasn't been good to me, that's for sure. I made a de- Yeah, I made a decision. And you know what? There's two things that I did to convince my body that I needed to lose the weight. And I'll tell you, I didn't have to work out for hours at the gym and I didn't have to run for hours. I literally run as long as it takes to warm up and then I sprint as hard as I can to wake up my cells uh, kickstart all of the adrenaline systems that are going on and k- tell it like, hey, this is how fast I want to be moving. You need to keep up and you need to change. The other thing that I used to do, I don't have a bar with me here, is I would climb. I would do chin-ups because, and I don't want to sound rude, but climbers can't be fat, okay? <laughs> because you can't physically climb if you're 300 pounds. It's very, you don't see uh, mountain climbers that are 300 pounds, because it's almost physically impossible. Your body is forced to transform. You are forcing evolution of your body. Every time you put a thought in your body, it's like an evolution. Okay? So think about this. You know, they talk you know, people talk about evolution taking millions of years. You know what? Then they say, well, birds were thinking they needed to do that, so then they evolved into this. It's like, okay. <laughs> their thought process at the time made their offspring evolve. Okay? Every time you change a thought in your life, that is reprogrammed. You've already evolved. You're already evolving. You evolve. We can evolve and adapt very quickly as humans. I came to Mexico. Right now, I'm living in what used to be really hot, and I will feel cold. <laughs> and that only took a couple of months, yeah. okay? Um, so anyway, to, to kind of cycle back, um, and I'll maybe throw it out to you for a second too. You don't need to do crazy long workouts. I can run for 10 or 15 minutes but push myself as hard as I can uh, for the last 200 meters of my run. And that will trigger to my subconscious mind that it needs to change. And it will start all the right things so that you can you can start down that path. I don't know if um, you want to elaborate on some of that or if you have any practices yourself that you wanted to get into. But that's kind of my baseline idea of my philosophy on how to work out and shape your body. I like it. Um, I don't really practice anything right now, but I need to start. And I was thinking about how I want to attack that in 2022. And uh, just from my own experience, when I was actually in good shape one year, (laughs) which is not a whole lot of my life, um, it was doing things just like you said, where I would go for a run and then sprint out the end. I would go uh, jog over to this big hill by my house and I would run hill sprints, Mm -hmm. maybe 10 times up the hill. It's literally like five minutes of working out but my results were incredible. And so I do have a feeling that has a lot to do with the subconscious uh, preparing more so than the physical activity, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did find that, yeah, I didn't need long workouts. Um, I've had a lot of success doing some like intermittent fasting, but I don't know if it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, so for 2022 here, I decided... At least till summertime, I'm not going to drink alcohol or drink anything for that matter. I'm just going to drink water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'll cut out a lot of the crap in my life. So yeah. uh, no no smoking if I decide to do that. I don't know. I'm on and off. But uh, <laughs> no smoking, no drinking, no 
um, coffee included, right? I'm just drinking water. So I, I feel like at a cellular level, that'll help me uh, cleanse a little bit here. Uh, and I wanted to start doing light meditation, just like five to 10 minutes a day. If I can find five to 10 minutes a day, I assume that will make a big impact on me. Everything I read about it says it will, but I haven't practiced it long enough to really see the results. Uh, I'm going to follow that with a very quick workout. Like you just mentioned, chin-ups. Like bang out a set of chin-ups. Do some mm -hmm. body weight squats and literally just call that a workout. Even though it's basically not. Uh, but the whole point for me is longevity. So all I'm looking for is when I'm like 80 or 90, that I'll still be able to go for like a long walk on the beach in Mexico <laughs> instead of being like my grandparents who can barely lift a fork at this point of their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's about longevity for me. And how do I envision achieving that is by doing the simple workout I just mentioned. Because I believe if I can do it today, that means I can do it tomorrow. So if I can do 10 push-ups today, I know I can do 10 push-ups tomorrow. And I think everyone listening can agree. Somewhere down the line, you might not be able to do them anymore. But the only reason of that, it would be that your body has injuries or gives out on you, or you stop doing it daily. Yeah. So I think if I just do a little pathetic workout every day that's more like a warm-up, uh, I'll still be able to do that when I'm in my 70s. Whether it's one chin-up then or whatever, it doesn't really matter. If you can do a chin-up, you're probably okay. Yeah. It's like a, Physically. I don't want my joints to be all worn out. Uh, and so I think avoiding hard workouts for the most part anyway, uh, will probably help with that, but just, um, yeah, I want to attack longevity and I think I'm going to do that by cutting out a lot of the shit I drink. Um, a lot of the toxins I put in simple meditation and a very light workout. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see. I'm not an expert on it, but I think by the end of the year, suddenly my sets of chin ups will be way more than I used to do. Mm -hmm. And that's without breaks. You know, I don't need to work out this part of the body today and this part tomorrow. I think that's all nonsense. Don't burn yourself out. Yeah. And uh, you'll be able to do it the next day. And anything that you do every day, it compounds like you wouldn't even believe. We talk in hockey here in Canada like, oh, that's a farm. The farm boys are all stronger. Well, why? We all have access to weights to lift. Why are they so much stronger? Well, because they do the same physical activity every fucking day. And you build layer on layer of lean muscle mass. And you don't look big and strong, but you can rip a man in half. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's how that goes. And I don't want to rip anyone in half. But yeah. I want to make sure, like I said, when I'm really old, that I can enjoy my retirement. Because all that wealth I'm trying to accumulate and my infinite life I'll have paid for, it's going to end. And it's kind of... Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not up to me, but I think I can prolong it. Mm -hmm. And if I start now in my mid-30s and make this third, this middle section of my life about preparing for the next third, I, th I think I'll do quite well. Yeah. So it's a little bit rambly. But no, no, that's... Yeah, I mean, that's just the way I see it. I like it. And um, the thing to remember, too, is that everyone is different. And everyone will have to do a different amount of work to convince their body that they're worthy of the change. And sometimes people will have to do a lot more work up front. And once your body starts believing it and you get them in sync, it'll become less and less. Um, or maybe there's just a certain level of work that you need to do to your body. Um, 
And um, the other thing, too, that's interesting is, uh, you know, don't forget leg day because when you do those squats and those deep uh, leg exercises, it actually, if you're a guy anyway, it helps to release the right testosterones, and um, especially when you're doing those squats. And that will actually uh, enhance all the other workouts that you're oh, doing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's a lot you could get into without getting that, too deep. That's the only important day, really. Yeah. Leg day, it gets, yeah, it gets all of that stuff swimming through your veins. So, mm-hmm. um if you want to really get into working out, yeah, definitely don't skip that day. Start with that day. Warm up with that day. Mm-hmm. Everything. I'm going to do very light, pathetic lunges and squats just with yeah. my body weight here at home. If you're... J- Maybe with a medicine if ball. Some people... But- oh, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Some people just want... No, that's... Yeah, it. some people just want to lose a little bit of weight. And in that case, you just need to convince your body of the shape you want to be. But if you really want to get into the science of how to really build your body... Yeah, that can get a little more complicated. I mean, personally, I don't know if I want to go down that route completely because I know that sometimes achieving those results can actually be counterintuitive where down the line, your body doesn't function properly at all. <laughs> um, I could see that. Uh, but it is definitely good to have a tone and healthy body. Um, so anyways, hopefully that helps you. Um, this discussion with me and with Dave and I uh, will help you to... Um, you know, move towards some of those goals and have a healthy and successful um, start to 2022. Um, and I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to go over today. Yeah. All I have left on my list is uh, predictions. Do you have any predictions for 2022? They can be about anything. We'll just come back and uh, maybe cut this clip for a future episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, the year 2022. Um, yeah, I do have a couple predictions. How about I'll do one, you do one? Sure. Okay. Uh, The next variant will be called Phi. P-H-I. P-H-I. That's my my first one. Your your turn. Okay. I was going to give a little bit more general, but obviously there will be a mutation or a new variant. Yeah. It, maybe they'll maybe they'll join forces with the cold or the flu or something. Now who knows what kind of bullshit <laughs> they're gonna <laughs> to put in the media here. Um, I would imagine that lockdowns for the unvaccinated do not end, not even for one week in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, that we'll have a couple more boosters. So uh, I think by the end of this year, uh, you won't be considered fully vaccinated with less than three, but probably even four shots by then. Yeah, you'll have to have the boosters for you to be, and and also that whole vaccine yeah. passport will be uh, more integrated into society uh, for sure. Yeah, it'll have it'll have new options. You know, you'll probably have your banking and stuff on there soon. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be twenty twenty two, but yeah. um, if I know my enemy like I think I do, um, they had no trouble taking inches last year in Canada, and I think they're yeah. they're gonna start uh, pounding the rock here in twenty twenty two. So not looking forward to it. Uh, unfortunately, those are my predictions just based on what my eyes are seeing. And I'm seeing a lot of corruption and a lot of lies. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it's not a very fun prediction. Maybe I should give a happier one. <laughs> no, I, I, sorry, I don't really have any. Oh. Prediction for myself, though, I'm definitely going to be on the right track towards longevity. I know I'm going to save a ton of money and get it working for me. And I'm going to be that much closer to my goals. So... Give me another five years and I'll achieve them. Um, but yeah, my turn. Any any last? Uh, oh, I, oh! I thought we were just doing. We're going to one for one back and forth. Um, I, I have a sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. I have a quick one too here. Um, that uh, September of next year, 
And this isn't necessarily a happy one either. This is a doom and gloom, but it's only gloomy because chaos also creates opportunity. But I feel like, um, so there's going to be a ton of opportunity. I'll say it on the positive side. There will be a ton of opportunity um, in the month of September of this year coming up um, for about 10 different reasons. Uh, If you really want to look into that, look at what the Shemitah year is, the end date of the Shemitah year. And there's also some uh, very interesting reports showing that there's going to be some interesting um, uh, programs and regulations coming in potentially September of this year. And I think that all of these things will be cumulative with uh, an eminent financial collapse where they could pull the pin. They never have to pull the pin. But um, the end of every Shemitah year for the last seven years, which is seven years long for the last decade or two, has culminated with a giant financial collapse. So (laughs) um, I would say it would be definitely at least needs to be on your radar. Would you say that history repeats itself? I would say it definitely rhymes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at some point I could see it coming too. And if I have a good year financially with my assets... uh, coming september i might i might make some moves just to play this because man if you can get lucky timing stuff like this uh that volatility will make you so oh, much my more goodness. money there's gonna be so much put you so much closer to where you want to be so yeah almost looking forward to september then yeah. that's great um i'm all i think i'm all out of predictions yeah well we don't have to get too much into it but you know maybe one thing too is we can start digging into some of those things as we go through the year and um uh, uncover any light that we find so that potentially we can all maybe maybe make some gains together not that we're advisors but maybe we can share what we're doing uh in relation and maybe uh that could be opportunity for all of us right so absolutely if any of you listeners are interested in any of these things keep listening because we're going to keep talking about them and you might just uh stumble upon some some very valuable alpha <laughs> in the finance world that's for sure right on and maybe in any world um yeah i guess that's it yeah eh? no that sounds good to me um that will conclude episode three of uh of the podcast right on um i am uh here starting 2022 with you i'm johnny morose and i'm dave milhouse and uh, we'll see you next time on everybody, everybody knows, knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> Maybe we'll time that up better in the future, sure. but for today, that's what we got. All right. Right on. <laughs> See you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Happy New Year. <laughs>